Conrad, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. It's Claire and Sarah. We're back. So we have an amazing guest today. Her name is Danielle. She is a LPC, a licensed professional, professional counselor. counselor. Um, sorry that the doubt was only in my ability to know that acronym. But um, she's going to talk to us about mindfulness just as a human, but also as a parent. Mm -hmm. And she's starting a group uh, here called Mindful Mama. So I cannot wait to dig into that with her. I wanted to share with you a funny thing I got in the mail last week while we were off the air, which is my my mother-in-law sent me a book. Who You guys, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I have an amazing mother-in-law. We have a great relationship, and I love it. But she sees something, and she's like, oh, my God, Claire needs this. (laughs) So I got a book that was called um, like 50 Dangerous Things You Have to Let Your Kids Do. And it was, some of them are like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Like, learn how to start a fire. Okay, right. you know, I get it. Kids mm-hmm. should learn how to change a tire. No worries. Some of them were pretty, like, dramatic, like, pl- play with poison or <laughs> or or ride public transportation by themselves before. Like before the age of ten or something. I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. Okay, wait. Guys. So is there like an age breakdown, um, or are they suggesting? No, so you'd be arrested if you let your five year old ride public transportation. There are suggested <laughs> ages. So we're gonna book club this. I'm gonna bring it in, and we are. I like. I'm gonna read through some of them to you. But I just I thought of you instantly, Sarah, because I like the giggles. Like as I'm flipping through these pages, <laughs> all I could picture was not like the stick child in the picture that they're showing do the thing, but like my children and your children right. and like how this would actually play out in real life it was it was pretty that's funny. amazing yeah so um 50 dangerous things and there you know what there's a ted talk which actually i have seen and maybe this is why she thought of me when she heard of this book because i know i've i've watched and loved and mentioned this and it was just about like you know a little bit of the back to basics right um things kids don't always know how to do now and may never know how to do mm-hmm. if we don't like actively teach them, whereas we might have learned these things a little bit more passively, or our parents might have learned them more passively. Like, for example, navigating public transportation, if you're a kid that was a latchkey kid in the 1950s and the only way to and from where you needed to go was by a bus, well, my kids don't know that and probably will never know that. We live in the middle of Tulsa, right? I don't know that I can navigate public transportation. Exactly. (laughs) And so, like, you know, so there was, there was, TED, a TED Talk about that. But anyway, um, more on TED Talks later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this book is just, yeah, it's my new favorite thing. I'm going to take some pictures and send them your way. Yes, please. There's some pretty great ones. Yeah, I would One of them was that. Play With Bees. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like my, kid, my kids can come like to your you house and play with discover, your bees. need to discover, are you allergic? Because, like, there's this whole, like, mythology around, like, mm-hmm. a bee sting's going to kill you. And for some people, that is 100% true, and I do mm-hmm. not want to make light of that. But the reality is that most healthy, normal human beings can handle a bee sting or two. Like, right. it's not the end of the world. We don't need to freak the fuck out if we see a bee. Like, nature it's people. Fine. It's right. fine. Like, we're going to be fine. Well, I was listening, and now I can't remember even what podcast this was, and they were talking about their kids being able to strike a match 
And I thought, we don't even have matches in our house. Like, exactly. we use a lighter. You know, we have, like, a stick yes. lighter. And even even when we go camping, I think we just use a lighter. We don't, you know, use Same. an actual match. I thought, oh, yeah, my kids will never, I mean, I, I, they may be when they're adults or older, but mm-hmm. I'm not letting my three-year-old light a match. But <laughs> Right. I just, I don't know, it was something I thought about. So that would, that's probably in your book. Totally. You go. I, I'm going to read it. I will share in a copyright-friendly way <laughs> things from it. And then you need to read it, too. I it's a, it's a, If nothing else, it's a fun read. And it does make you think, like, ooh, would I really let my kid do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, cross the street by themselves. Please don't think I don't still grab a hold of my nine-year-old mm-hmm. anytime we have to cross the street downtown. Like yeah, I do. for sure, for sure. So I'm now I'm now mixing up like three different podcasts I've listened to this week in my brain where they've talked about the the match thing and just how like back in the. 70s, 80s, kids would just ride their bikes around the neighborhood or whatever. And, oh, I know what it is. We started watching True Detective, the newest season, Mm -hmm. and it begins with kids getting abducted because they're riding their bikes alone in the 80s, or I think it's 1980s when this, you know, fictional case took place. But it's based on, you know, that actually happened a few times. And so now you are not really supposed to do that or whatever. Anyway, it was the whole, um, was this, I think it was on another podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I've apparently listened to a lot this week. Well, so just letting your kids ride around on bikes by themselves. Yeah. Again, mine are still, my my seven-year-old, now seven, could probably, I might let them go down the street. Yeah. But not much further than that. There's a whole sort of counter viewpoint on that, too. And I am i won't pretend to know the facts because I don't or the statistics. But this idea that because these cases that happen one-off become so sensationalized, mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the John JonBenet Ramseys of the world, right. which I realized that was a different thing entirely right. but like when something terrible happens to a kid it gets so we all know about it right. and rightfully so it's disgusting and horrible and you it makes sense that it would be well reported um but the idea that by doing that what we're really doing like if you if you ask the average person to estimate for example how many children are abducted a year the tendency would be to way over estimate right. because um it, it sticks with us mm-hmm. in such a personal way when we hear about it and the reality is that um, I, th- I think the reality is that my understanding is that the reality is that um, it's probably way lower and and the instances of that especially stranger abduction right, right. you hear right. this all the time that like when th- bad things happen to kids it's overwhelmingly somebody that they know mm-hmm. or family member or something um, in some really screwed up way but anyway this idea that letting your kids ride their bikes around the neighborhood mm-hmm. the actual risk of that is so much lower than our perceived risk of right. that. And it's our perception that's changed over time, not the risk. Right. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. But totally. um I can't back that up. You guys do it. Makes you feel safe with your kids. I am just now letting my once again nine year old l- loose on his bike to go ride to friend's house mm-hmm. in the neighborhood and just telling the mom to please text me when he gets there. Like yeah. that's still pretty new for us. So And that's within like he's not crossing any major Yeah, or yeah. Uh, not I wouldn't say major streets. Okay. There's some busy neighborhood streets, gotcha. but no like big intersections okay. or anything like yeah. that. So I don't know. I, apparently, I need to read this book, and that's my mother-in-law knows me too well. So, you guys, I'm just going to start checking off dangerous things, and you know, my, make my kids do them. So, <laughs> today's skill <laughs> exactly. is build a 
campfire. Like, in a minute, we're going to talk about like how to practice mindfulness exercises with your kids every day. And re- and I just said I'm yeah. going to say like, here's a sharp knife. Yeah, you know, practice piano. Go do something check. with that. Practice, you know, baseball. <laughs> check. Practice Cut whittling. Vegetables. Yeah, right. whatever. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check in with your schedule on that. How many? Are you going to let us know? Yeah, as you as you. Yeah, I should things? do that. I should yeah. go through that book and. Because, uh, by the way, I don't, I mean, okay, we're all not the best judges of ourselves. I don't think I'm, like, crazy overprotective when it comes to some of that. Like, we go camping, and I let my kids, like, get in there. and Totally. You know, they've roasted a weenie or two. Like, yeah. I, you know, I feel like we're, we've done some things. So, I, one interesting exercise would be to go through and check off the things I've already done. Just uh-huh. to, like, make myself feel good or How bad. Many out of depending. 50, right? Out of 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, what do you think my score is? Just ballpark it. I realize you haven't read the book. 20. Really? Report That's back. really flattering. I bet I'm maybe 10. Okay. Maybe 10 out of 50. Well, and yeah, I don't know how extreme. Is okay. it like go skydiving or no, is it like... it's like that, but... Across the street. Well, it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. It's like things where you go, like the playing with bees thing. Okay, it's yeah. like you wouldn't necessarily think like go do that. But sure. like they're saying like, no, it's okay. Like yeah. go do that. Go check that out. Right. Go poke your nose in over there and see, see what, what happens. happens. Right. You know? <laughs> Kind of like well, that. and do you find I am way more apt with my younger child to let him make those mistakes than, I mean, this is typical, oldest child, youngest child, right? Totally. But, like, the older one, I am have always been just like, don't, you know, you're going to fall, yeah. you're going to whatever. And as a result, okay, let me tell you this. So one day this week before school, so, okay, this child never gets hurt because, one, his personality, he's just not, like, a risk taker, but also I'm probably on him a little bit more. Uh, One day before school this week, for some reason, I still can't pin down. Grant decided to make pancakes before on a school day before school. Like, why? Like, who needs that? I I can't. That's a whole other story. Anyway, so my seven-year-old burns his hand because Grant's letting him flip the pancakes. So check that box for us. Mm -hmm. That's probably a risk. Um, I mean, you know, that might be one of the things, like get around a hot pan and get in there. So he lets him do it, and he burns his hand. You would have thought he, like, had had his whole arm chopped off. He was in like so much pain. Burns. Oh Is my god! Thing? It was the know. tiniest little burn. We put ointment on it. I mean, it was fine. He wanted to stay home from school because he thought it hurt so bad it, that he could not focus and would be crying all day at school. It was insane. So. <laughs> Yeah, he ends up, we, we talk him down. He ends up being like 10 minutes late for school, so we had to like go check yeah. in because because of the giant meltdown, you know. And yeah. uh, I mean, so cause and effect, like I, he's, he never gets hurt, so he can't handle it, you know. Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, if, if the kid breaks their leg, do they stay home from school? No, they go to school in the cast. The All you have is yeah. this tiny little Band-Aid with a... <laughs> Skillet burn, you know. It's just like I mean, it was nuts. So that's my bad for hovering too much, I yeah. guess. But yeah, my my little one on a daily basis has like a skin knee or a busted lip or you know, and he just rolls along like totally. no big deal. Like he's way more chill about it, and I'm way more chill about it. As and well. also, I think our youngest. Our youngers are gonna be exposed to more sooner because, mm-hmm. and that's just like the natural tendency, like they get kind of pulled along. Yeah. So, for example, we weren't taking the kids camping when Oliver was six because then Finn was three right. and that just felt like too much. Oliver didn't get exposed to a lot of this stuff 
at that age. Right. Now he's older and we're doing more. Well, Finn is that age mm-hmm. and is getting exposed to stuff. Yeah. If that that Same. was a convoluted way of saying it. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. we tend to, we're, we're our, our, if we take like the median age as the activity that we're doing, you know, Finn mm-hmm. is getting pulled up. Exactly. Uh, along that sort of spectrum. Yeah. We, so. I think Towns was a year and a half the first time we took him camping. And yeah. I was I was admittedly very nervous about it, but we did it. And yeah. then we continue to. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's just the way it is. All right. Well, that was a tangent and a half. but <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's what we're here for, guys. Um, well, we thought that uh, with the new year, everyone's sort of, you know, new year, new me, uh, mm-hmm. mindfulness could be a good... Um, I think it's a really popular resolution. It, it wasn't is. mine this year. Mine was minimalism. What no. was yours? Did you have one? Uh, mine oh, was yeah. weight loss. That's right. I remember. We <laughs> talked about this. And organization. and Yeah. But, totally. but also... But I who think, doesn't need more mindfulness in exactly. their lives? Like, and I think that can be a... That doesn't even have to be a resolution. That can just be like a, we all... Life goal. ...need to survive <laughs> this crazy mm-hmm. world together. Yeah. And so... And especially with our kids and just as, you know, we feel like we're starting to spin out of control, uh, then you take a minute and take a breath. <laughs> oh man, let's hear it from the expert. Let's we'll be right back with Danielle. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at the middle of everything podcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at the middle of everything, and on Twitter at TMOE Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Right, we are here with Danielle Miner. She is a licensed professional counselor, and she is here to talk with us today about mindfulness. Hi, Danielle. Good morning. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me here. So tell us a little bit about your practice and your new group, Mindful Mamas. Okay. Um, So I've been a practicing therapist in Tulsa for about eight years, and part of my practice, I try to introduce my clients to mindfulness skills. I came to mindfulness, I guess, about 12 years ago when I was in grad school, trying to work on my PhD, mm-hmm. stay sane, and um, stumbled upon a tiny little Buddhist yoga meditation center. And so nice. there I started learning meditation. Then when I moved back to Tulsa, I found another center here, the St. John Center for Spiritual Formation. Oh. And uh, been working with Sister Ellie in town on mindfulness and figured that it really helps keep me from murdering my children. Yeah. <laughs> and how old are your kids? I have a five and a seven year old. Okay. So why don't you kind of define mindfulness for us just as a place to start? And yeah, and specifically, is mindfulness or practicing mindfulness different than meditation? Because I've heard them both and I, I guess maybe in my uninformed brain, use them almost as like synonyms, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's right or not. Okay, so mindfulness is the practice of intentional awareness on your thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations without judgment. So it's not just paying attention to what's going on in your body, but it's also not judging what's happening. Okay. So, so give us an example. I feel like a crazy person today and that's all it's okay. Yes. <laughs> that's what's happening. I acknowledge it and <laughs> moving yeah. on. Yeah. So um all right, so pertaining to parenting, like when my five year old does not want to get on his shoes because it's time to go to school 
and I will start feeling that tightness in my chest because he's not complying. So when I when that happens, I'm, I'm noticing, oh, that tightness is there. I'm starting to set my jaw, take a breath, breathe through it, kind of let it go. And I'm not sitting there going, oh, I'm such a terrible mom because at this point, I really want to, like, wring my kid's neck because he's not getting in the car. So, um, so it's just recognizing how we feel or what we're thinking and how that's shaping how we're experiencing our world um, without berating ourselves for how we feel or think. Okay. Okay. So is my mindfulness then it sounds like is something you would be practicing like in a, in a perfect world. Perfect. Um, like on an ongoing basis throughout your day, whereas maybe meditation is like something you stop and do. Yes. Okay, so a lot of people think mindfulness is I've got 30 minutes to an hour and I'm sitting in lotus position exactly. on a cushion yeah. with candles and incense. And, um, the whole Sounds time. amazing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, I don't know about you all, but I don't have time for that. Nope. Um, <laughs> I try to get up at 5 in the morning to get on my cushion, um, and I think I maybe can do that two to three times a week right. if I'm if somebody hasn't gotten in the bed and woken me up like five times yelling mommy um and it's about a five to ten minute meditation sure um so most of my mindfulness practice is throughout my day just tiny tiny little bites um so for example i have an app uh, insight timer is a really great app oh, okay. and it periodically will go off just saying take a breath so it just reminds me to like, oh, stop and kind of scan my mm-hmm. body and see where I'm holding tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of like breathe and I can feel my like that tension kind of melt away. That sounds like a good app. We will in anything we mention, obviously, we'll link mm-hmm. up in our show notes, too. But um, just sort of taking that moment and mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have a reminder <laughs> every yeah, once in a while so rather than yeah well you've heard um you know wasn't it a thing when apple or somebody if a while ago came up with the thing that would ping your phone to just stand up like during yes. the work day or whatever mm-hmm. to like get up and move okay. your body not it wasn't like an exercise app it was just like literally yep if you've been sitting down staring at a screen stand up for a minute my step tracker will do that yeah because if, if i sit Maybe that's even, what I'm yeah of. even you know sometimes it does it if i'm like driving to oklahoma city or something like that it'll go up and Point I'm like, sorry can't do it humans just need sometimes mm-hmm. to get out of our own way and have like an external yeah. reminder sure. that we should be doing something exactly else, so. well and we get trapped in our thoughts so often mm-hmm. that um there's a disconnect between what's going on in our body and mm-hmm. and our mind mm-hmm. so like for example with anxiety one of the things that happens when some people are anxious is we kind of feel that fluttering in our stomach or the tightness in our chest or kind of shallow breathing so then we start worrying Mm -hmm. we get caught up in the thoughts of worrying so we then we're disconnected from that feeling the worrying kind of makes us feel a little better because we don't have those bodily sensations going on anymore so we disconnect but mindfulness says no 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 get reconnected acknowledge that oh that fluttering is happening and it's okay, just breathe through it. Okay. I have been feeling that fluttering a lot lately, <laughs> so I so like that. when somebody comes to you on a, in a professional capacity who maybe is 
had not been practicing mindfulness or something and you you're at a point where you, you're kind of suggesting that to that person mm-hmm. what is sort of the typical reaction you get from folks when you sort of broach that subject is it there's sort of a general openness to it or do you feel like most people are kind of resistant or feel like that is what, what is it too woo woo or is yeah, it yeah. <laughs> I feel like the majority of my clients are pretty open to it. When I usually start with a new client, I explain that's part of my therapeutic approach anyways. Mm-hmm. And I don't ask clients to do anything too crazy to begin with. Sure. So a lot of times when I first introduce it, um, the first exercise we talk about is just a body scan. So um, usually the homework assignment is three times a day for one minute scan your body mm-hmm. notice where you're holding tension mm-hmm. or where things are a little uncomfortable is there a way to be 10% more comfortable if you shift your body a certain way or mm-hmm. breathe mm-hmm. in a little deeper or open up um, your chest a little more nice so I usually start with really small yeah and with mindfulness I was just doing it just now, you guys, when she was talking. I know, yeah. I'm like scanning, scanning, scanning. Okay, keep going. So with mindfulness, it's a skill um, that you have to practice. Mm -hmm. And it's better to practice it in really small bites than to try to sit. I'm going to be mindful all day, every day. (laughs) So um, because it just really isn't realistic, Mm -hmm. at least not for me. I mean, there are some super moms who are like, I get up at four in the morning and I meditate for an hour and I'm like, I want to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need totally. that five hours of sleep I'm getting. Or like you said, there's a, there's a kid in your bed right. who it will like disturb if you get up out of bed. <laughs> right. So smaller bites is a lot. I think a, a better way to build a really good skill base um, to draw upon. Mm-hmm. The other thing about mindfulness that I tell my clients is don't wait until you're in the middle of a crisis to try to practice so um, I'm sure you've tried this with your little ones where they're throwing a tantrum and you're like just calm down <laughs> and they're like, just kidding I'm gonna get it louder yeah and throw a bigger tantrum if you practice beforehand then you have that to draw upon mm-hmm. when you're in the crisis we can't do it in the middle of crisis because we're too activated sure um, to try to do it in the middle of a crisis right? so, so what do we do you know so like you're saying kid won't put their socks on and you're saying I'm feeling tense about that now. Mm-hmm. Then what are some things we can then sort of translate that out to our kids? Or what do we say to ourselves to calm ourselves down? And then is there a way to sort of project that onto our children sure. to help them get back in the zone of putting on their socks right. and getting to school? Um, so in, in my household, I'm a big believer of, of acknowledging our feelings out mm-hmm. loud. So I usually say, I'm getting really frustrated right now. <laughs> I'm one because my kid now knows where I'm where they're at with me and two it helps me acknowledge where I'm at Mm -hmm. and if I can say out loud I'm frustrated then usually that cues a part of my brain that's still kind of calm to take a breath walk (laughs) away tag your partner yeah (laughs) Um, maybe you just you know have them put their socks and shoes on in the car so Mm -hmm. instead of trying to get them to do it beforehand um so acknowledging feelings out loud um plus when when we acknowledge our feelings we're 
teaching our kids to recognize feelings in others, mm-hmm. recognize feelings in themselves. And that's part of mindfulness, too, is knowing how you feel emotionally mm-hmm. um, where yeah. you're at. My three-year-old will do this sometimes because I think a lot of uh, where he goes to school and where Claire's kids went to preschool, where he is now, they use a lot of that technique while they're speaking. So my three-year-old has come home. Uh, this has just happened in the last week or so. And he was mad. And he was, and I was like, you know, let's talk about it. And he's I just I just want to be mad right mm-hmm. now. And I'm like, okay, got it. Like, it's, I mean, it's especially adorable coming from a three-year-old. But yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it, it, you know, I, I can tell, you know, I think we've all had those days where it's like you, you do those things and you say those words and then you think, all right, I got this. And then you've, you know, I've had plenty of days also where I spiral into like, screaming bloody murder at my children so it's like it's okay if that happens but if you can try to you know repeat those things back to yourself Mm -hmm. yeah mommy's mommy's stomach is hurting i think it's because i'm getting very frustrated with you and please do the thing i want you to do i think in general modeling because that's kind of what i'm hearing you you know you Mm -hmm. say to danielle is like in all things and all behaviors right at least that's that's what we're told and my experience so far has borne that out it's like you know it's weird to start seeing your kids in the good and bad ways Mm -hmm. you start just I mean when you look down at them and you're like oh my gosh you're a mini me or a mini whoever your partner is whatever right so it's yeah I think that makes sense to me that by doing that to yourself in those moments and doing it in a way that's not totally internal that's Mm -hmm. that's external as well when you you know say things out loud it it is modeling and giving somebody else an example of what to follow, you know, how, how, to, yeah. how to handle it in that yes. situation. So there's, um, and I, I apologize because I can't remember the TED Talk, but there is a TED Talk where she talks about mindfulness and parenting and that the family unit is where we learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn what it means to be an individual, how do we relate to others, how do we express our feelings, mm-hmm. how do we communicate, how do we love um, how do we handle when we're frustrated? <laughs> so, it, yeah, modeling is really important. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many ways that you can do mindfulness with your kids, too, and teach them. So one thing we do in our household is um, just gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, our bedtime ritual includes saying one thing you're grateful for. That's another way to practice mindfulness, too, is just recognizing, like, who who do you love or who do you appreciate? You know, what were you happy about for the day? I like that as part of bedtime. That's a nice way to sort of close out your day and go to bed on a positive note, too, for the kids. For the most part, it is. It's kind of weird when my youngest is like, I'm grateful for nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. you're like, come on, dude. One thing. Come up with something. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> Like nothing, or he'll do pass. Oh, <laughs> hard pass, hard mom. pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But uh, another another thing is just we do mindful minutes, and all we do is just breathe for a minute. Um, it, a minute's a really long time for little ones. Yeah. And they're wiggly, and sometimes they want to talk. But the idea is that they're getting oriented to mindfulness and breathing or connecting mm-hmm. with their body or their emotions. So it's not like I'm sitting there. How do you feel? Yeah. Do you do Let's that? all meditate, yeah. kids. <laughs> you know, it's it's not the same, or at least I don't, I haven't thought of it in the same way. But as you're talking now, I'm maybe changing my perspective, which is a lot of times in car rides, especially long car rides, um, you know, my kids will do Kindle or electronics for a minute, and but then, you know, 
when that's been cut off, they'll start, you know, arguing or doing whatever it is brothers do that's loud and obnoxious in the back seat. And in those moments, it is not uncommon for us to just shut it down and just be like, okay, silence for the next 30 minutes. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm like going out of my mind hearing them argue in the back. But I will say that one, they're very capable of doing it. And mine are, right. are nine and six now. So they can do it. Right. And then number two, it really does just change the whole like wavelengths mm-hmm. in the car, or in the room or wherever we are when this is happening um, because they just go inside themselves. And they could be daydreaming. They could be thinking about, you know, the game they want to play next. <laughs> they could, like I don't know what they're thinking about, but they're doing it in their own heads Mm -hmm. and in a world where I think we probably, myself included, just don't have enough of that, just like riding in the car, staring out of the window, daydreaming, thinking about whatever you want to think. I just, you see that, like their whole bodies Mm -hmm. kind of just like chill the F out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't thinking about it as a mindfulness exercise, but I do think I have noticed that their whole sort of presence changes after that time so i'm gonna reframe that for myself too next time i tell my kids they can't speak for how many minutes this is a mindfulness exercise not just because you're on my nerves not to sound like so like back in the day but the reality is that when we were in the cars with our parents we didn't want to talk to them mostly anyway they were putting on some music we didn't like we Mm -hmm. didn't have electronics maybe you had a book if you could read without getting car sick but otherwise you sat in the back of that car and you stared out the window Mm -hmm. and who knows what you were thinking about and so kicking it old school a little bit Sometimes I think, you know, there's some value there. I think definitely in the car because we try to do that, you know, again, they because we do a lot of long, not a lot, but at least one a year, a really long, like 10 hour road trip. And, you know, they they get so tied up in those devices. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, you need to put everything down and look out the window at where we are. You know, I mean, like if it's. You know, not if it's someplace like ugly, but you know, we're driving through New Mexico in these mountains and it's this beautiful terrain that we're not used to seeing. And he's asking me what movie they're going to watch next. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you got to, you got to yeah. stop. Um, maybe I just have, we have spring break and road trips on the brain, maybe because we're <laughs> planning, making those plans right now. Danielle, what's the <clears throat> biggest misconception that you think there is out there right now about just mindfulness and practicing mindfulness? I think most people don't believe they have the capacity, and and usually when a client is talking to me about mindfulness, they're like, oh, I can't do it. But everybody has the capacity to do it. You don't need any tools. You can use your breath as a mindfulness exercise, so just staying focused on your breath. And if I asked you to take 10 breaths right now and only focus on your breath, most people would lose count after five or six, um, and their mind would just wander. You can use sound as a way to meditate. You can use, you can do mindful. Do you mean like music or like listening for a sound? Just listening to your environment. Oh, okay. Um, You could do mindful eating. You could do mindful Mm -hmm. walking. So um, I think a lot of people believe you have to already have this really zen-like presence (laughs) to do it. Um, and you need special tools, but we all have the capacity to do it. And again, it's not, you have to sit on a cushion. You can do it wherever you are. Sure. Car, the dinner table, mm-hmm. at the restaurant, 
it's the I love the app that you mentioned to remind you to do it. And then I know, for instance, I use the Calm app sometimes mm -hmm. has some very short little free exercises that you can use if you need a little bit of guidance, I think, yes. you know, to just even get you started. And then you can do it by yourself after you've mm -hmm. sort of done those a few times. Does your um, partner, I don't know, are you married or? I'm engaged. Oh, oh my gosh, congratulations. <laughs> um, does he or she, I don't he? He. Okay. Does very, you know, no, I'm just asking. Um, does he practice mindfulness? Yes. Okay, great. Yes. And do, does that manifest in the same way that you do, or does he do it in a different way? Like, well, we both go to um, meditation class together most of the time. And what is a meditation class like? Um, Describe it to somebody who's peaceful, never been to yes. one. Oh, okay. I've been to yoga yeah. classes and where a lot of times they'll dedicate. Um, especially early morning classes, they'll dedicate a significant portion of the class to like a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. But I've never been to a class that was solely sort of about that. So what's that like? Um, yeah. So uh, Sister Ellie here in town, um, she's hilarious. I, I <laughs> highly recommend taking one of her foundation classes. Um, so after you take her foundation class, they have some open meditation sits or a meditation discussion. And the one that I go to, it's a 20-minute meditation. You're on your own. You can do whatever you want. So for some people, they just focus on their breath. Other people, maybe they do a silent mantra. So you're just sitting quietly, silently in a room yeah. with other people. Mm -hmm. okay. Just trying to stay present as best as you can. I guess the it's like you're kind of like peer pressure like you can't you can't get up and move around because you have to sit no. there and be quiet and you want to be respectful yeah when you're in a meditation class it kind of forces you to be respectful mm -hmm. of the other people in class because you don't want to be yeah wiggling around and right. distracting them whereas i guess if it's on your own time you can just get up this if is you the, can't you know sit what? still for I'm that long. so yeah. many connections today. This is the exact same reason people sign up for, like, exercise classes, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that you couldn't physically move your body mm -hmm. at home with a DVD because right. you totally could do that. But it's the accountability, yes. the mm -hmm. getting you in a room with other people that mm -hmm. will make you go the whole hour or will make you, you know, mm -hmm. so... Is that, I guess, maybe kind of the same yes. philosophy? Well, the, yeah, the accountability. Yeah. And then she usually does a discussion afterwards. And while I love the meditation part, I'd probably go for her story. <laughs> She's just hilarious. And uh, she has this amazing ability to connect everyday experiences to mindfulness or pieces of mindfulness. Okay like acceptance like how do we accept when things don't go our way she always uses the example of we have preferences and we cause suffering when we get attached to those preferences so I would prefer my kids to be compliant I start to suffer when they're not and I'm really really angry because they're not compliant but if I could acknowledge sometimes my kids are compliant because they're just in that mood and sometimes they're not and I just have to kind of work around when they're not then I'm not suffering as much um, they're just like that. me I have choices sometimes I want to be helpful or <laughs> nice or mm -hmm. pleasant sometimes I'm tired and cranky and sometimes yeah. I'm <laughs> right. not so, so yeah. I, I kid around like sometimes I'm using my Mary Poppins voice and sometimes <laughs> it's <Batman>. exactly <laughs> yes Oh, my gosh. Well, tell us about your Mindful Mamas group and sort of your goal and where you're going with that. Uh, describe it for us. 
So um, because mindfulness helped me so much, um, when I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. um, it was mindfulness that kept me grounded. It kept me getting up in the morning. I feel like it really helped me stay present for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to help other moms develop that skill. And with that, when I think mothers have that skill, then hopefully they're passing it along to their children. And we're through that shaping a a generation, the next generation on how they experience the world and interact with others. So what I want to do is introduce just some basic mindfulness skills to mom and connect it back to parenting, bringing it into the family. So not just for self-care, but how do you shape your interactions with your children. Sure. Or your experiences with your partner, too. Mm-hmm. So I, right now, on February 23rd, partnering with a colleague, Kendi Verska Wigand, and, and she is hosting me at her studio, and we're okay. doing an introduction to Mindful Mamas. It's just basic med- um, mindfulness skills. Yeah. And then um, from there, I'm hoping to to set up a following workshop where it's mindfulness with moms and their kiddos. Oh, great. So that we can teach um, a few skills on um, mindfulness for kids. Okay. So it would be a group that just sort Mm -hmm. of met on a periodic basis um, to, you know, do those different skills. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I love Is there a way to kind of, do you have any online communities set up either through? How do we sign up? Yeah. (laughs) How do people find out more information? Um, So I do um, have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, if you search my name, Danielle Miner or Mindful Mamas, should pop up. Okay. Um, I also have a website. It's DanielleMinerLPC.com. Okay. And there's some information there. Great. Uh, we should be sending out a Facebook blast um, this week. Awesome. Or next week. So if you can go back, go in and like the Facebook page. And I do like, too, um, on that page, you'll occasionally just post sort of little tidbits Mm -hmm. are helpful things for anyone that's not local to Tulsa that's listening it's a good page to follow just reminders or just you know helpful information that you come across that Mm -hmm. relates to mindfulness in general for non-local we have a lot of non-local listeners too so yeah yeah. well I feel like we're all speaking in common I know I know I think I'm I'm normally you and I have much more frenetic yes uh, yeah we're usually like cackling and laughing but I feel yeah I'm I'm feeling calmer just talking about it guys but I love the idea of just taking a minute throughout the day Uh, and I loved what you said about um, acceptance and Mm -hmm. suffering and all that preferences and suffering yeah I think that's great do you have any other tips last minute um, anything we missed (laughs) the biggest thing is that um, it just takes practice it's a Mm -hmm. it's a skill that you have to work on daily if you can and Mm -hmm. and again it doesn't it's not a big chunk of time throughout your day it's just a minute here a minute there you could like I said mindfully eat so pay attention to like how your food tastes and the texture and what does it look like and I'm sure a lot of moms are like me where you're just kind of wolfing down your food (laughs) because in about 10 minutes somebody's going to come ask you to do something Mm -hmm. throwing food at the table or something so I don't feel like I really get to taste my food a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially at restaurants. I always think of that quote. I think it's in 
the Christmas story where he says, my mom hasn't had a hot meal in 10 years or something like that. And I daily think of that quote from that movie because it's either fetching more items for them or, um, you know, sit down, get, you know, go wash your hands, cutting like things cutting up, things up. plates getting Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I know as they get older, Claire, you're, you're probably almost out of this zone where they can't get, you know, they, you have to go get the milk or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But for little or, you know, younger kids, it's still like, I have to get up and get whatever they need mm. most I of the time. I highly recommend age nine and six, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> get there as soon as possible. Yeah. It's, they're much more self-sufficient. Yeah. It's I'm great. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I've got a few years. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side, I'm going to hit teenagerhood before you do. True. And then I'll be, you know. True. Girls will be reversed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Don't do this. Yeah. Look out for that. I'm terrified of that. Well, thank you so much so for good. chatting with us. I'm looking forward to incorporating some of this in my daily life. So we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Danielle. Uh-huh. Bye.